the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Today on Cornerstone Connection with Pastor Gary Hamrick. Real love is calling, listen, truth opens up your eyes. Mercy is waiting for you with every sunrise. In Proverbs 12, 15, it says, Folly is bound up in the heart of a child, but the rod of discipline will drive it far from him. Now notice that folly is bound up in the heart of a child, meaning that that foolishness and sin are woven into our nature from birth. And so it is important that parents lovingly discipline their kids, correcting them so that they will grow up to become well-behaved, disciplined adults. This is Cornerstone Connection, the radio ministry of Pastor Gary Hamrick of Cornerstone Chapel in Leesburg, Virginia. Pastor Gary is teaching through Proverbs. We are born with a sinful nature in us. Pastor Gary teaches us that this being the case, it's crucial that Christian parents make it a point to discipline their children. Going through Proverbs, we find advice on relationships and lessons on the responsibilities we have in them. We learn that parents have a duty to raise their children the best they can. If you are a parent, be certain that you have invited Jesus into your parenting. Your children are just as much His as they are yours. Do not make the mistake of raising them without His direction. Well, let's join Pastor Gary in the book of Proverbs, chapter 7, with part one of his message, Friends and Family in Proverbs. If you are new to our study through the book of Proverbs, a little bit different in this book than the other books of the Bible, we here at Cornerstone go cover to cover from Genesis to Revelation. And we typically, when we look at a book, we go chapter by chapter, section by section uh, through the whole book. Um, But when it comes to Proverbs, because this is written in a different format, we're, we're studying it in a different way. Instead of going chapter by chapter, what we're doing is we're looking at some predominant themes through the book of Proverbs. And these predominant themes are woven throughout the whole book. And for that reason, the way we're going to tackle this book is to draw out some of these various themes, and then we're going to spend a Sunday looking at the the number of verses throughout the whole book that relate to these various themes. Today's uh, study is going to be on the study of friends and family. That is a theme that you see throughout the book of Proverbs, so that's going to be our theme for today, friends and family. Kind of sounds like a Verizon plan, um, but I hope it's more than that, and I hope in the course of the sermon that you can hear me now on this. Uh, but, but anyway, Proverbs 27 is where we're going to start, and we're going to look at just two verses together because of the words that are contained in these two verses. I just want to highlight with you here, Proverbs 27, look at verses 9 and 10. Perfume and incense bring joy to the heart, 
and the pleasantness of one's friend, you can underline that word, springs from his earnest counsel. Do not forsake your friend and the friend of your father. You can also circle the word father. And do not go to your brother's house, circle the word brother, when disaster strikes you. Better a neighbor, circle that one, nearby than a brother far away. So you'll notice here with me that there are several words that are indicative of friend and family here. This is, this is a passage about relationships when it speaks of your friend, your father, your brother, and your neighbor. And so that's going to be the focus of our Bible study this morning. But let's first have a word of prayer. Well, I think you would agree with me that relationships can be somewhat complicated, uh, but they are very much needed. Relationships can be uh, wonderful experiences and also very messy experiences. That's the nature of when people get to know people, get to love people, and, and become friends. It's important to understand this topic because God did not create us to be isolated. He created us to be connected. He did not create us to be independent. He created us to be interdependent that we need each other. We're wired this way. God made us social beings and understanding relationships in terms of friends, companions, comrades, co-workers, and family members, brothers, sisters, mom, dad, children, husbands, wives. This is all a significant topic because the Bible has much to say about it. And in particular, the book of Proverbs has a few things to say about it. It is no more clearly illustrated to us how much we need each other and how bad it is to become isolated or alone than in the early parts of the book of the Bible in Genesis chapter 2. I mean, it's clearly revealed to us right from the beginning of humanity when in Genesis 2.18, shortly after God created Adam, and we don't know how much God waited until he made this statement, but he said about Adam in Genesis 2.18, it is not good for man to be alone. There was something that Adam emoted that revealed that his loneliness and isolation as the only man on the planet for a while uh, was not good for him. And so God said, it is not good for man to be alone. And he said, I will make a helper suitable for him. Now, of course, we know that that then resulted in the creation of Eve and that resulted in the first marriage. But when we talk about relationships, it is not restricted to marriage alone. Marriage is part of what is um, uh, helpful in the, the way that we're wired for interaction and connection. But it is certainly not the only way that, that we find uh, ourselves helped with connection and interaction. It's, it's more than just marriage. It also is about friendship. It's about companionship. Uh, it, it's, it's about uh, camaraderie with, with people, fellowship with one another. This is just the way that God has wired us. And so it is important. He sees it about us. He knows us full well. He knew it wasn't good for Adam to be alone. And thus the human race is necessary for interaction, companionship, friendship, uh, and connection. And so Proverbs has a lot to say about this topic. And we're going to see some references related to husbands and wives. We're going to see some references related to parents and children. We're going to see some references about friends and, and friendships, just, just platonic friendship that is mentioned to us throughout the book of Proverbs as well. Now, look, 
even though we read about this in the Bible, you don't have to look very far even in, in our own studies of human nature and sociology to recognize the need for human interaction and connection. This is something that social scientists have long been aware of, and the research uh, proves it. Studies have continually shown that the more isolated individuals are, the more detrimental it is to their well-being. And interestingly, studies even show that isolation and loneliness is detrimental to a person's well-being, even if they prefer that. Even if they like to be alone, even if they are, love to be rather uh, reclusive, it, studies have shown that even if they like that, that is detrimental to their well-being. Just this past summer, uh, on August the 5th of this year, the American Psychological Association, it's not, it's not something I particularly quote a lot, but I, I, I found their study interesting. The American Psychological Association published a study this summer that found Loneliness and social isolation may represent a greater public health hazard than obesity. And the impact of loneliness, according to this study, the impact of loneliness and social isolation has been growing and will continue to grow, research says. Quoting from the study in part, it says this, quote, being connected to others socially is widely considered a fundamental human need crucial to both well-being and survival. Extreme examples show infants in custodial care who lack human contact, fail to thrive, and often die, end quote. Now, this report cited several reports and kind of uh, made a conglomeration of reports that examined over 30, or rather over 3.4 million people around the world, primarily in the United States of America. But just to prove that this is not something unique to Americans, part of the 3.4 uh, million people who were a part of this study also came from Europe, Asia, and Australia. And in the study, it examined the role that social isolation, loneliness, or living alone might have on mortality, on, on your length of life. And researchers found that all three Social isolation, loneliness, and living alone, all three had a significant and equal effect on the risk of premature death, one that was equal to or exceeded the effect of other well-accepted risk factors, again, such as obesity. AARP did a study among their population, which they called a loneliness study, and they determined that 42.6 million adults in the United States, 42.6 million adults in the United States, are estimated to be suffering from what they call chronic loneliness. 42.6 million people over the age of 45, if I didn't mention that, over the age of 45, chronic loneliness. Now, you might think that that actually is understandable because the older we get, we tend to become more isolated. And, and even in our older age, you know, then there's the death of a spouse and, and kids grow up and move on. And then sometimes older adults are, are even more isolated. And that, that, is something that I think we're more aware of. But here's interestingly what different studies also pointed out. It's not just a problem of older adults. The younger generation, millennials between the ages of 19 and 32, there was another study done by the University of Pittsburgh. And what they found was that even though today we're living in a high-tech world 
where for the first time we are more able to be connected in ways that before we just weren't because of social media and the internet and the ability to connect with each other on platforms like Facebook and Twitter and Instagram. What they found in surveying seven, over 1,700 young adults between the ages of 19 and 32 is that they report, they self-report even greater isolation than do older Americans. Because what happens is we get behind our devices and we don't have to have human interaction face-to-face, side-by-side. And so those younger adults, the millennial age group, reported themselves to be more socially isolated. And the common answers that they expressed were things like, quote, I feel that people barely know me. And, quote, I feel that people are around me but not with me. Which goes to prove, according to this research, the evidence is that even though we've become more uh, socially connected in terms of technology, technology cannot and will never replace the human need for touch and interaction. We are wired this way. God has created us as social beings. We need each other. We need each other in personal relationships and friendships. We need each other face-to-face, side-by-side. And this is an important study in that regard because this is the way God created us. He created us for connection. He created us for human interaction. He created us to experience friendship and, and love and a connection on a deep interpersonal relationship. Now, the fact of the matter is that even though we might recognize this, Relationships are tricky because relationships and friendships take risk. They take a certain level of transparency. They take a certain level of vulnerability. It can be challenging in relationships. It can be a very vulnerable thing. It requires honesty. It requires love. It requires forgiveness and loyalty. You know, there's a reason why in the Bible, in Proverbs 19, this is a proverb actually, Proverbs 19.11, that says it is the glory of a man to overlook an offense. Why do we have to be taught that? Because whenever you have personal relationships, you're bound to have offenses. And so the Bible continually reminds us, okay, wonderful thing about relationships, it's richly rewarding. The downside of relationships, it can be messy. And people will offend you, sometimes, unfortunately, intentionally, and oftentimes unintentionally. And so we have to forgive, and we have to learn to be vulnerable again, and we have to continue to interact with one another. Why? Because we need each other. It's the way that God has wired us. And so there are many things in the book of Proverbs that address this whole thing, and so it's good for us to to study this topic so so that we can better learn how to treat our family properly and how to choose our friends wisely. So let's talk about family first, and one of the things I'm going to highlight are some verses related to marriage. There are several verses in the Bible about the gift of wives, how wives, how women are particularly a good gift for men. Here's some examples, Proverbs 18.22, he who finds a wife finds what is good and receives favor from the Lord. And Proverbs 19, verse 14, houses and wealth are inherited from parents, but a prudent wife is from the Lord. I know the Lord sent mine to me 
okay? They are gifts. When you have found a good wife, you have found a good thing. Here's another verse, Proverbs 31 and verse 10. A wife of noble character who can find she is worth far more than rubies. It's a wonderful thing when you find a wife of noble character. She is more valuable than a bunch of rubies. And on and on, there's several verses about this that esteem women that really highlight the gift that wives are. I I just want to make mention of this. In the book of Proverbs, there's not a single verse that talks about how a man is a good catch. Not one. (laughs) Sorry to blow our cover, guys, but there's not a single verse. There's not Proverbs chapter 32 that talks about the virtuous man. Some noble guy. Look at this. A whole chapter devoted to him. It's not in there. It's not in the book of Proverbs. Guys, in some ways, we're kind of like the leftover candy at the bottom of the Halloween bag. Cow tails. You know, nobody really wants that. Or, or, or those waxy little bottles of Coke. What are you supposed to do with that? Are you supposed to eat the whole thing? I still don't even know. Spit the, spit the wax out? That, that, that's kind of how we are, guys. That's kind of how we are. Not a, not a single verse about what a good catch. What a good catch. Now, having said that, ladies, of all the wonderful verses that are, that are in Proverbs about how wonderful you are as great wives and noble women. Um, There are also four verses in the book of Proverbs warning wives, in particular, about being quarrelsome. There are four verses. I'm only going to share one, which is probably one too many. (laughs) But just a little word of warning, Proverbs 21, 19, better to live in a desert... Then with a quarrelsome and ill-tempered wife. I'm not sure who's clapping on that. If there's a guy clapping, you're in trouble. Better to live in a desert. Wow. Some of you guys have been through the desert on a horse with no name. It's good to get out of the rain. In the desert, you can't remember your name because there ain't no one for to give you no pain. Anyway, let's move on. Let's talk about family for a little bit, because in the book of Proverbs, it also gives us some wonderful advice. First, we'll talk about advice to parents. Proverbs' advice to parents is that there are three primary ways that you can show love to your kids. And the first way that that Proverbs uh, highlights that you can show love to your kids is by correction. Now, I didn't put it as the first thing because it should be the first resort, Uh, but simply because Proverbs has more to say about this one than it does the other two that I'm going to mention in a moment. Uh, Proverbs 13, verse 24 says, He who spares the rod hates his son, but he who loves him is careful to discipline him. And Proverbs 12, 15, it says, Folly is bound up in the heart of a child, but the rod of discipline will drive it far from him. Now, notice that folly is bound up in the heart of a child, meaning that that foolishness and sin are woven into our nature from birth. And so it is important that parents lovingly discipline their kids, correcting them so that they will grow up to become well-behaved, disciplined adults. 
Now, I know this gets a little controversial because I'm reading verses that basically talk about some corporal punishment here. It talks about spanking. It talks about correction in terms of, you know, disciplining them with with a spank. And this gets a little bit of controversial. Uh, Some of you are adamantly opposed to spanking your kids and you know, you, you just are, are in the camp that says we're just going to give our kids time out, and that's the way that we correct our kids through time out. And, you know, I'm, I kinda, I'm old school, so we never did time out with our kids, but if that works for you, uh, then, then that's great. Particularly when you have children who are very hypersensitive about when they do wrong. You don't want to damage their spirit. So if they are hypersensitive about when they do wrong, just a glance, and they will feel the conviction. And sometimes that's enough. We had two out of three kids like that. (laughs) Tyler and Lindsay, you could glance at them. And they just immediately were like, okay, we know we did wrong. And, and I don't remember, spa- I mean, I, I'm sure I spanked them a couple of times, but I don't remember very much of that because you could just look at them and they just were immediately under conviction. Um, but we were a family that practiced spanking. I was spanked growing up. I mean, I, I mean there was a paddle that hung in our kitchen. <laughs> a paddle. You know the kind that had the rubber ball and the elastic on the end like that? <laughs> when that elastic fell off the path. My mom saved it. <laughs> and it became the tool in our house. Now, we never, now, you know, okay, I learned from that. I'm like, well, we're not going to use a tool. Uh, we're just going to use our hand. And, and, but for two out of three kids, all you had to do was give them a glance. But then there was Austin, the middle kid. <laughs> and sometimes we just had to roll Old Testament style. Do you know what I'm saying to you? <laughs> I mean, a glance just didn't do it. Sometimes the, the right hand of fellowship had to meet the rear end of rebellion. Do you understand what I'm saying to you? It just, you know, it just, and, and I know, you know, we were, we were like reading James Dobson. Like, what? okay, Dobson says, wait till they're at least 18 months. Man, a year and a half, I couldn't wait. I mean, it was just like, we got to do something about this child, you know. And timeout just wouldn't have worked. It would have just put him in a place where he could sit and contemplate more rebellion. So we, you know, we had to roll that way a little bit. But now I, I honestly, I'm exaggerating. I had the spiritual gift of exaggeration, and he was not that, that bad of a child. And in fact, you know, things turned out well. He's a pastor on staff with me now here. But, but, um, but there, there were some touch-and-go moments there. But we're, we're so thankful for God's grace. Uh, because, look, you can try to do the best you can as a parent, and... Your kids don't necessarily turn out great. And, and you can also, attributing to God's grace, you can also not really do the best as a parent and your kids turn out wonderful and it's all God's grace. Let me just say this on the topic of spanking. If you choose to discipline your children that way, and, and the Bible makes some allowances in this category, never do it when you are angry. Never do it when you are angry. Never inflict injury. Okay, this is, this is a delicate topic because some of you were beaten and abused as children yourselves. So you, you, whenever you hear this, you instantly kind of recoil because of the damage done to you. And I, I get that. We need to make allowances for people who have been through a terrible misuse of correction and, and recognize that that affects people differently. Um, 
So we need to be mindful of that. We should never, ever spank in a way that would inflict injury. Should never be any kind of correction that would ever inflict some kind of injury to a child. And I would also add this, if you do choose to spank them on their bottoms, always follow up with hugs and words of love. Okay, but correction is a way that we show our kids we love them because we want them to turn out to be honorable adults. As we study the book of Proverbs here on Cornerstone Connection, we'll discover that God is interested in more than just the big picture. God desires that every area of our lives, even the tiny details, to reflect His power and purpose. This is what we learn as we study these practical nuggets of truth which apply to all areas of our lives. If you'd like to access more of these messages from the book of Proverbs, you'll be able to do so at cornerstoneconnection.cc. We've compiled a library of many of Pastor Gary's teachings there, and we invite you to listen to, download, or share any of them. Did you know you can even take them with you on the go? Cornerstone Connection has a mobile app designed to bring you God's Word whenever and wherever you are. You'll find a link under the Teachings tab at cornerstoneconnection.cc. The app allows you to stay connected to us by sharing prayer requests, visiting our website, or checking out our Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram pages. You can even join us live each weekend at Cornerstone Chapel, right from your smart device. Again, that app can be found at cornerstoneconnection.cc. Our time is up for today, but be sure to join us next time for more from the book of Proverbs, right here on Cornerstone Connection. Star General Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. 
with in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com, salemnow.com.